Welcome to the Fremont Community Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. We are a family of believers who meet in Fremont, Indiana every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We are attempting to follow Jesus by loving God and loving people. If you would like to support Fremont Community Church, go to www.fremontcommunity.org. can give there. And I think that's it for that. Okay. Well, Miss Elizabeth felt like she had a word she wanted to share, so I'm going to offer the mic to her for a moment. Good morning, everyone. So as we were just praying and worshiping, I just um, kept seeing an infected heart or a sick heart, um, and not physically necessarily, but spiritually. And I have definitely had a sick, infected heart in the past. And so I know what it feels like, and I was asking the Lord, what does that mean, and um, many times it is bitterness or unforgiveness and uh, a hidden sin, and I just really want to encourage you to find a safe person, because yes, you could come up here and we could all confess our sins in front of the entire congregation, but how humiliating, unless you feel bold, Dathan, No, I'm kidding. Um, But I do. And that confession of the heart to be able to then be prayed and feel feel the presence of the God to uh, heal you from that and just ask him. You might not even know that that's something that's happening right now, but just ask him if you feel like there's a block he might have, uh, point out some things that you're hurting from and he wants to take those. So. I want to pray for it really quick. Lord, thank you so much for revealing this to us. I just ask that the broken hearts right now, God, and infected hearts of hidden sin, Father, that you would begin to expose that sin. And Lord, that unforgiveness, that we would be able to choose to forgive those people who have hurt us. God, in that bitterness, that we would begin to um, find joy and give mercy to those who hurt us. God, and have compassion on those who are angry because they are hurting, God, and we are the easiest people to throw, sometimes to throw their hurt upon, and God, we choose to forgive them, and Lord, just to continue to just uh, then fill our hearts with your love and your kindness and your gentleness because you are so kind. Just extract all of that um, infirmary out of the heart, Jesus, in your name, amen. 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 I want to just take a moment before we dive into God's Word and just say something about the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as they happen. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, kids, we love you. Have fun in your class. It's up through fifth grade today. Uh, You can go ahead and be released to go to your classes if you have not gone already. Sorry about that. Right now, go ahead and go. So, um, the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Bible list has a whole list in a couple different places. You can go to uh, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, there's, a whole, there's things listed there, and instructions about their use. Um, uh, there's plenty of other places in the New Testament where you can see that when the church gathers, the Holy Spirit 
will give gifts. Now, I'm, we're not going to spend our whole day today talking about this, and maybe we should spend a few weeks and really go through what it looks like to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That might be fun. I've been, I've been sitting down and asking the Lord what he has for us this year as far as the things we're supposed to explore in his word on Sunday mornings. And that's definitely one of the things that I have been hearing. That the Lord's like, I want you to teach on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So that's going to happen, although that's not, a t- that's not today. But I want to say this. Um, the, there's a whole bunch of them, and, and the Bible not only says that they exist, but that they should operate in order and that they should operate uh, according to the love of God. And a few weeks ago, we had a young lady at the end of service come up and she delivered a a, a pretty intense, and those are her words, prophetic word that uh, has, you know, that has confused a couple of folks and maybe even upset a couple of folks. And so I want to, I want to speak to that. Um, I, just a couple days before uh, that Sunday morning, I had, I, I woke up and I had had a, a terrible night's sleep because all night long in my dreams, I was under attack. In every dream that I had, I was being attacked. And, um, and I woke up that morning just with that sense of dread and fear still lingering. And usually when that happens, I know, oh, I've been in a spiritual battle and the Lord knows that I need my sleep, but so he'll let me sleep, but then he, he puts me in spiritual warfare mode in my dreams, which I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's still how it works. Uh, and so every once in a while, I don't know, it doesn't happen all the time, but every once in a while I'll have a night like that. And this night was particularly difficult. And when I woke up the Holy Spirit, the very first thing that I heard when I woke up in the morning was, you are under attack by a spirit of divination and witchcraft. Okay, that is what I heard. And I was like, Lord, help me understand what that means. Because first of all, I don't really know what divination is or means. I mean, I've heard the word, um, but I'm not entirely sure what that is. And what do you mean? Um, and the Lord, had, the Lord spoke to me and said to me that there were actual people, or a, at least a person, performing witchcraft against me and this church. Okay? Now, this is not something, I know, I know this sounds spooky and weird, and, and some of you are probably going, what? Explain this to me? Like, was it a green lady with a big hat? No, that's not how it works. Okay? But we live in a world okay, that has, there is a spiritual realm. The best way to describe it is that I like to describe as the invisible realm. And it's all around us all the time, and it impacts us, and we impact it. Because we are spiritual beings, we exist both in this realm and in that invisible realm. Does this make sense? Okay. This is all from, this is, you can find this all over the Bible. The Bible is a deeply spiritual book. It talks all about this. And we see everyone from uh, from, from the very earliest times of humanity all the way through until all the apostles, etc., had to deal face-to-face with spiritual forces of wickedness that were coming at them. And so if you think that was over after the Bible was written, then th- it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. All the history of humanity up until the Bible was written, this happened. And there are people who ally themselves with spiritual rebels 
who are who are who do not agree with what God wants to do. Okay? And sometimes those people get assigned to attack churches. My dad had personal experience with a woman who was involved with a with a coven of witches, and he came and she came into his office and ended up a whole lot of stuff happened. But by the end, she was saved, delivered of multiple demons, and she took a gun out of her purse and put it on her on his desk and said, I actually came here to kill you, but I don't need this anymore. Okay. You can ask him about that. It was a wild and woolly experience. I've never I've never had that happen, thank the Lord. But so it is not, and okay, so, and then we had had several other, when it, it had been a pretty, it had been a very rough weekend, and Rachel and I both woke up that morning saying, we don't really want to even go to church this morning, because we were worn out, we felt beaten up, and it was exhausting, and we didn't want to be there, here. But we came, because we knew that this is where we needed to be. And so when God had Carrie stand up and speak directly to whoever this person was, number one, it was a confirmation to me that I had heard correctly. And number two, it felt like my big brother Jesus stepped in between me and a bully and said, you leave my brother alone. Does that make sense? When Jesus sent someone from who lives in Texas, who has no idea what's going on and had no idea where, what had been going on in my life, what had been going on with my, uh, in, in my experience. And Jesus gives her a prophetic word as we're sitting in this place to, to tell the enemy to get the heck out of here and to call the church to pray for me. I can't tell you how that made me personally feel as a pastor and as a person who has felt like they'd been under attack for multiple days to have Jesus stand up and say, you don't get to put your hands on my boy. Okay, that meant everything to me. And I had never felt quite so loved or protected as I had in that moment because I had been asking Jesus, please stand up for me. Please help me out. And he did. And I had actually tried. I want you to know, I had tried to get back there to talk to Carrie before service because I saw her come in and I was like, oh, look, Carrie and Moses are here. That's so cool. I've never met Carrie's husband. I want to go meet them. But they were surrounded by folks. And so I had not even spoken to her. She had no inkling from anyone except the Holy Spirit, what I had gone through. So what I, now, some people have said to me, would God really stand up in a service and tell someone they were a witch and call them to repent and warn them that if they didn't repent, that really bad things were going to happen? Uh, yes, yes, the Lord would do that. And I understand that it, it is upsetting and it is it is intense, and I thought Carrie actually did a pretty good job of telling us beforehand that what she had to say was an out-of-the-norm kind of word. But I totally understand why people would have been upset by it, and I totally understand why people would have been confused, because that is not a normal thing that happens in, maybe it happens in other churches on a regular basis, but it doesn't happen here. And I don't think it should. I think most of the time, the gift of prophecy is meant for exhortation, for the building up of the body, 
and to speak as, as Elizabeth did just moments ago. Hey, I saw this picture of a heart that was infected, and the Lord wants you to know that unforgiveness and bitterness will infect the heart, and if you will just bring that to him, he will cleanse it and make you better. That is the normal operation of the prophetic gift, but every once in a while, God needs to say something a little more stern, and that is because he's our papa. And I know if someone was threatening one of my kids, I would have things to say to them. Is everybody with me? If you have any questions about this, or if you are still upset about what happened, please come and talk to me. I would love to have that conversation with you. Okay, amen. We now have six minutes until we're supposed to be done. <laughs> I went a little longer on that than I had planned, but that's okay. I think it was important. Maybe we can just continue in this vein until the end of our day today. I, um, about four years ago, 2013, so I guess that's, was it 2013? I don't know. When, when, I can't think when it was. When did I go to Bethel? Anyway, doesn't matter. It was, before, it was after 2013 because I, I, I had been pastor here for two years, so 2017. My parents and um, this church uh, worked together to give me a pretty amazing... Christmas present that year. Um, they sent me to a conference at Bethel Church in Redding, California. Now, if you don't know anything about Bethel Church, um, they are a, a very famous church. They're known all over the world. We sing songs from that church on a regular basis. Uh, and they uh, they have kind of kind of one of the things that is most notable about that church is their focus on the presence of God and, and their uh, invitation to the Lord in the area of spiritual gifts. So they see a lot of healing. They see a lot of signs and wonders and miracles. Um, and the prophetic gift in particular is very strong in that church. And um, they were hosting a conference that was training for the prophetic gift. That's, that was this conference. It was an annual conference that they have where they train people in the prophetic. And so that you know, I, that, is, that word prophetic is a uh, kind of, it's, it's a spooky word, okay? And I know it is. So let's de-spookify it, shall we? All it means is that God talks to people and sometimes... We're supposed to tell people what he told us. That's what it means. That's it. That's all. That's it. God talks to people. Sometimes he's just talking to us for us, and it's just about us and him. In fact, in my experience, that's about 85% of the communication I have with the Father is he's talking to me about me. But every once in a while, the Lord will come and he will speak to someone and say, I want you to go and talk to this person about that. 
Or even more rarely, he will say, I want you to speak to the entire body when it's gathered together, and I want you to tell everybody that this is what I'm saying. Okay? That's how the prophetic gift works. Right? But you can imagine that sometimes that goes a little crazy. Right? Because people that think that they've heard from God will speak and it won't even line up with God's word and etc. So the prophetic gift needs a little training and it needs a little practice. We need to learn how to hear the voice of God. It's not something we, that we do quickly or easily. It takes time. And the way that I think about it, I actually don't think it takes time to learn how to hear. I think it takes time to learn how to recognize which voice belongs to God and which voice belongs to me and which voice belongs to the devil and which voice belongs to the world. Are you with me? I think we've got traffic in our brains all the time. I think we've got our own thoughts. I think we've got thoughts that have come from... Uh, uh, social media or news or whatever. I think we've got thoughts that have come from our friends and from the culture we inhabit. And I think we've got thoughts that come from the enemy. And the real training in the prophetic is about learning how to recognize which one of those voices is the Holy Spirit and what do we do with the things that we hear? How do we deliver it? Because the New Testament tells us some pretty important things about how we should bring words, prophetic words, to the body of Christ. And when we talk about spiritual gifts, you know, my whole life I've heard people say things like, well, my spiritual gift is this. And that's probably not a terrible thing to say, but, but that's kind of thinking of it backwards because would if you buy a gift for someone else and put it under the Christmas tree, you might say, oh, that's my gift, but it's not for you, right? It's for someone else. Does that make sense? And that's how the spiritual gifts work as well. When God gives you something, it's actually a gift from God through you to maybe an individual person or to the body. That's how it works. God wants to give a special gift to someone. And he wants to use someone else in the church to give them that gift. Because it's one thing for me to wake up in the morning and hear the Lord say, you need to be careful because you're under attack from, this, from witchcraft. And it's another for a prophetic person later on to say to me, you're under attack from witchcraft. Because that, oh, I was right. That wasn't just, I didn't just have bad pizza that night. Are you with me? And sometimes we need another person to bring us the word of God. But most of the time when that happens, it should just be a confirmation of something you've already heard from the Holy Spirit. In fact, if it's not a confirmation from something you've already heard from the Holy Spirit, I would really test it against the Word and with other wise followers of Jesus. Okay, somebody told me this. What do you think about it? That's the proper way to deal with the prophetic Word, which is why that Sunday I told you, hey, go home, take this to the Word, pray about it, and see if you think this was... Uh, uh, you know, to th was this an authentic word, yes or no? And second, what do I need to do? How do I need to respond to that prophetic word? Okay, that's what we should always do, no matter what, no matter what that person who's claiming to speak for God, no matter what they're saying, we should always be taking that word back, 
back to the Bible? Does this match the Bible? Does this match what Jesus revealed to us about the Father? And what am I supposed to do about it? Because that's a whole other thing. Anyway, so I went to get some training in the prophetic. Now, I've been, I've been through, I don't know, probably 12, 13, 14 different prophetic trainings in my life. But I've always wanted to go to Bethel Church because I love their music. Especially Jeremy Riddle and Stephanie Gretzinger. When they lead worship together, like the top of my head comes off. It's just amazing. I just... So I had been there for several days as a part of the conference, and I was having a fantastic time. It was so much fun. And I'm telling you, we're probably going to do some of this, okay, when we do actually spend time intentionally teaching on the gifts. This was not, if you look at my notes, none of this is in my notes today, okay? Um, But we we will spend some time intentionally teaching on the gifts, and when we do, I'm going to make you try them. I'm going to split you up into pairs and threes, and I'm going to say, ask the Lord to give you a word for that other person, and, and just whatever comes, you know, and, cause, and they were doing that in the training, and it was really fun, and it was really scary, and it was really awesome. <laughs> so I'd been having a great time, and the day before, see, I was there with my brother, my little brother, Caleb. He's 13 years younger than me, so even though he's, you know, almost 30, um, uh, I still think of him as my little brother. But uh, he was with me. It was just him and me. And we were having a great time as the Hawkins bros hanging out at this conference. And we were just really enjoying the Lord. And uh, the day before, boy, Caleb had, somebody had just hit him right between the eyes with a prophetic word. Just, I feel like the Lord's saying this, boom. And Caleb was weeping. And he was, oh, yes, Lord, right? And I was kind of jealous because I was like, man, I want that. I want some of that, Lord. Where's my prophetic word, right? And I woke up Friday morning, the last day of the conference, and the Holy Spirit says to me, firstly, he actually woke me up at 6 a.m., which if you know me at all, you know that has to be God. I don't wake up at 6 a.m., even on mountain time. Or I guess it's Pacific time, whatever, it doesn't matter. The Lord woke me up 6 a.m., and he says, I'm waking you up now. This is what the Lord said to me very strongly. I'm waking you up now because I need you to prepare your heart to receive a word for the region, for your region. And I was like, oh, okay. He said, you've been here asking me for a word for you, and this word will be for you, but it's going to be for your region as well, and I need you to be hungry enough to receive it. So I was like, okay, Lord, and I went into, you know, ultimate Pentecostal mode. Just started praying and pacing and speaking in tongues and hallelujah, right? I got to get ready. And when my brother woke up, I said to him, today's my day. Caleb, today's my day. He was like, awesome. Can you make me some coffee now? Or (laughs) Caleb, today's my day. We got to the church, and the way this conference was laid out was they did an early morning Bible study prior to the, like, full-blown conference time, because there was a morning session that started at 10, I think, but there was an 8.30 session that came before that, which was just kind of like a, you know, for those nerds that want to be here for an extra hour and a half, right? Well, we were up early, and we're just that nerdy, so we were there. 
okay? And the young lady who got up, her name's Lindsay Coyle. She is one of the instructors at the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. And she got up and she was talking about when you get a prophetic word, you have to be bold enough to actually give it. Even if you're out on the street, even if you don't know the person from Adam, if the Lord is speaking to your heart, you've got to be bold and speak out because you never know what God might want to do in that person's life. And that was kind of what she was sharing. And then at the end of her time, she says, I've told you to be bold, now it's my turn. She's like, we don't have a lot of time. I have two different words, but maybe we only have time for one. And you can watch the video of this out on YouTube. I'm not going to play it today because I don't want to go into the whole thing. But she had told us that one of the ways God speaks to her is through numbers. Okay? She said she likes math, and so Jesus talks to her in numbers. Isn't that cool that Jesus loves us like that? Maybe God's going to talk to you in numbers, Melissa, since you like math. Uh, she said she likes math, and so God speaks to her in numbers. She said she gets a lot of phone numbers or addresses. And she says, and I think this is an address, so I hope you know where you live. <laughs> okay. And she says, and me, I was, I was like, I was trying to telepathically beam my address into her head. 405 East Stalker, come on. And she didn't say that. What she said was, 601 North Coldwater Street. If you don't know, you're seated at 601 North Coldwater Street right now. And I went, whoa, whoa, what? And I stood up. It's like, that's me. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay, you back there. I was way at the back. We had spent the whole week all the way at the back. It was way at the back. And she goes, oh, that's you? And she's like, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said, you're Josh? I was like, yeah. <laughs> she says, what is April 1st, 2016? Is that an important date for you? That is the day I became the pastor of Fremont Community Church. I was like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> And she says, and you're in Fremont, but it's not California, because she's from California, so the whole world's California, right? And she's like, but it's not California, it's Indiana. I said, yes. And she went on, thing after thing. And she says, have you been to Mexico? I said, yes. She goes, okay, it's really you then. And then she says, so is Rachel your wife or your daughter? I said, Rachel's my wife. And he, she said, so Lily is your daughter then? I said, yeah. And that's when I started crying. <laughs> I've never met this woman. We're not friends on Facebook. I have no idea who she is. I've never heard of her ever in my life until this day. And she's telling me my life story because Jesus told her my life story. And she named several other things. And then she began to speak a prophetic word over you and me. And what she said, some, several of the things that she, she said, several things. She said that this church would be marked by prayer and the prophetic. That we would be a church that was known 
for our prayer and for the gift of prophecy in our midst. She said that this church would be used to impact cities and regions for the kingdom. And she said several other things, and then she had the entire congregation reach their hands out to me and put their hands on me and say, we're praying for Josh and we're praying for his church, and they prayed over us. And that afternoon, I, I sent the video back to, I think I sent it to Corey, and I said, you got to play this on Sunday because our people need to know. I wasn't going to be back in time. And I said, our people need to know that, this, that God knows where we live. And God has plans for us. And God is going to make them happen. And we need to say yes to God's plans over us as a church. And my friends, I'm telling you, those plans have not gone away because of COVID or because of anything else. God's the Bible says that God watches over his word to bring it to completion. And God has not changed. And he has set, he has a destiny over you and me as a body of believers, as a family together. And he wants to teach us to pray. And he wants to teach us to operate in the prophetic. And he wants to set loose a movement in our midst that will bless cities and regions for the kingdom of heaven. You can clap about that. I'm pretty excited about that myself. <laughs> Do you believe it? Do you believe it? If you go out to our, to our, if you just go to YouTube and search Fremont Community Church, you can find that video. And you can see that everything I've told you today actually happened. Because it did. And I am longing to see God do what God said he would do. Are you with me? And God has spoken prophetic words over this church about this land that is behind us right now. And how God wants to use that land. When I first came here, I was looking at what we still owed on the mortgage and our, current, our financial situation at the time, which was not good. And I said, let's sell that land. It's not being used for anything. And, I just, and, and then, you know, it must have been the Holy Spirit kicking me in the head because I was like, you know, I should probably pray about that first. And it, I didn't get the request out of my mouth before the Lord said, no. Very loudly, you may not sell that land. I have plans. And at the time, I had no idea what those plans were. But some of you did. And then the Lord, you know, he brought me along later. You know, sometimes I'm a late bloomer. But I got there. And God has plans to build buildings back here and part of, an or part of the FICO, Fremont Youth Community Outreach Organization, that we call Hope House that's going to minister to all different kinds of needs. People that are hurting, people that are desperate, and children that are hungry and that have been taken out of their homes, etc. That God has plans for us. But I want you to know that doesn't mean 
that he's going to use me and you to make those plans happen. God's plans will not change. But we get to decide if we're in or if we're out. And when Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt, they wandered through the wilderness for a while. They got right up to the, promise, the border of the promised land. And they sent, they sent spies into the promised land to look and see what it looked like and what's it going to take for us to take this thing out and what's it going to take for us to inherit the promise. And those spies came back and 10 out of the 12 spies were like, this ain't happening. We can't do it. There's really tall people over there. Now, they all came back saying, this is a great place. The grapes are ginormous. There's so many things. It's ridiculous. It's going to be amazing, but we're never going to move there. It's just not going to happen. Can't happen. Sorry, guys. Might as well just, let's just settle down here. This is a nice little riverside spot. But two people, <laughs> two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, said, what are you talking about? Yeah, there's, there's giants, absolutely. There's big, scary people over there. This is not going to be doable in our own strength. But we've got Jesus with us. And what do you mean we can't do it? Are you out of your mind? God can take care of this. This is not a problem for him. But the people didn't listen to Joshua and Caleb. They listened to the other ten spies. And so they were confused they were upset and they said we're not going Moses take somebody else so God said to them if you're not willing to be on my team then I'll wait until your kids are of age and you can you want to hang out in the desert? Go right ahead. It's going to be 40 more years, and this whole generation is going to pass away. And then your kids are going to come back to this same place, and I'm going to offer them the same choice. Go into the promised land or not. And so for a generation, they wandered in the wilderness. My question to you is, which generation are we? Are we the generation that is going to listen to all that the enemy has to say about how hard it's going to be to be everything God has prophesied that we shall be? Or are we the generation who is going to say, yes, it's new territory and it's scary, but we are sticking close to God and nothing can stop us? Let's bow our heads. We're standing on the River Jordan. We're right in front of it right now. The reports of all the 12 spies loud in our ears. Yet yeah, there is a lot of work to do. And there are some scary things we're going to have to do. Things that are bigger than us. Things that are not, we're not capable of without God's help. My question is this morning, 
Do we cross the river or not? And if you are in this room this morning and you're saying, we cross the river, I will put my life on the line to see God's promises come true, I just want you to stand right where you are. I will do what God tells me to do without fear. Let's pray. Just begin to talk to God right now. Just tell him exactly, exactly where you're at. Jesus, we believe your promises more than we believe the lies of the enemy. Jesus, we want what you want. We want to go where you want us to go. We want to do the impossible things that you've called us to do. We want to cross the River Jordan on dry ground, and we want to see you defeat our enemies because you. this is your promise. These are your dreams. This is your kingdom. And Jesus, we say with all of our hearts, your kingdom come, your will be done. On In Fremont, as in heaven, we ask in Jesus' name. And Lord, we understand that there are going to be battles and we understand that there are going to be really scary moments and we understand that it may cost everything, but it's worth everything to see you do what you promised us you would do. And Lord, your heart burns for this region and your heart burns for these towns and cities that you've called us to impact. Lord, your heart burns to see hurting people Come to the love of God. So, Lord, we want to respond to you and say yes. Lord, we will do the impossible with you. We're all in. We're all in. We're all in. With you, Lord, not with any earthly leader, not with anybody's idea of what you want to do. With your what you want to do, Jesus, we're all in. Lord Jesus, here I am. I'm only speaking for Josh right now and for my family. Jesus, we give our lives to this. Jesus, we give our, our minutes, our hours, our days to this. This is who... We are, we belong to you. We will go where you send us. We will do what you tell us to do. Give us the faith to say yes to you in every way. Lord, I pray for my friends in this room. I pray, oh God, that you would fill us with the gift of faith and that we would choose to listen to your voice and not any other voice. And dedicate ourselves to your purpose and not any other purpose. Because we believe that tomorrow you will do great things among us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, thank you, church. I love you. Let's dream. <laughs> it's going to be good. Yes, ma'am. That's right. Yeah, we're the blood bought, the church, the redeemed. <laughs>